Hello, everyone, and welcome to PB in Style. You are in the place to be to find clarity, consistency, and authenticity in the way you develop your brand. On today's show, I have with me Miss Liz Roberts. Now, Liz is the owner of Lease Funders, and we'll get into what all of that means here in a bit. But suffice it to say, if you have a small business or a business at all, and you are looking to gain business credit, this is probably the podcast you need to be listening to. So hang tight. Welcome to PB and Style, the perfect podcast sandwich where host Andrea Patrick empowers, educates, and encourages you to find your inner influencer and personify their brand. She'll have you tapping into your authentic authority and engaging in a real way. Remember, leadership is a journey, not a destination. Enjoy today's dish. All right. Hello, Miss Liz. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. All right. Before we get started, I want to tell everyone a little bit about who you are uh, so that they know that we're dealing with the real deal. Holy fill up in this camp. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Liz is a serial entrepreneur. She's been in business online for 20 years. Now, she started her online business as a financing consultant specializing in startup business and financing. Now, she grew her business and soon realized that she couldn't do it all by herself. So she started outsourcing to the Philippines. Guys, this is interesting because she grew her team large enough to start helping marketers like Fabian Lim, hello, and Russell Brunson, one of my favorites, for sure. Um, and what is, what's interesting about that is that she worked with Fabian in Singapore and Malaysia to actually teach people about outsourcing to the Philippines. And so this is someone that we really need to be listening to guys. So I want to just dive right in. I mean, I could go on and on. I'm, I'm looking at her bio and she is just a wealth of knowledge and information. And so instead of me trying to read it all, let's just hear from her and Liz, tell us, girl, tell us who you are. Tell us, tell us, tell us all of your goodness now on the podcast. <laughs> well, I, like you said, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I love um, businesses. I love making money. Who does <laughs> I it? Love, <laughs> I love marketing. So um, as I was building my business, um, when I got started in business, I was actually asked by a friend of mine to, um, to, to help him. He was working for GE Capital back in those days. They had an SBA division. And so um, at that time, I was just learning the internet and my dad and I were uh, building websites together. And he said, hey, can you use that internet to find me somebody to do the equipment portion of a loan he was doing? And I was like, why? You got the financing. So he started to teach me about alternative methods of financing and why somebody who may already have an SBA loan would still want to go out and uh, use equipment financing to purchase their equipment. So I found him that. And um, when I put the two of them together, the commission I got paid on that equipment financing was more than what I was making at AirTouch paging. Right. Wow. You know? So I was just like, Hmm. So, um, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. yeah. And then, um, so my dad and I put up a page on that. And before I knew it, we were like, we were getting people all the time. So I quit my job and just was doing this, you know, and I've never gone back. You know, I was just talking to a friend of mine recently who was like looking for a job. And she was like saying she was having so much trouble. I was like, the newspaper is probably full. And she's like, 
Liz, people don't look for jobs on the in the newspaper anymore. <laughs> it's like, been really? so long. You were still sending people to the newspaper, girl. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> what are you guys Hilarious. do now? You know. But um, so we just kind of like have been growing and growing. I like to specialize in uh, startups and and high risk businesses because um, my background was always in business finance. Well, financing, like I started off in consumer financing. Um, I was a credit analyst. I was a bill collector. I did collections for consumers. I did debt settlement for consumers. Um, I did collections for commercial accounts along with being uh, a credit analyst and granting credit for commercial accounts. And I also did uh, government collections. You know? Wow. So yeah, you're, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> yep. So I, I know bad credit back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> so I Well, that's uh, awesome. That means you'll stay in business because that's what most people <laughs> Yeah, so I, I mean, those are my people. My, I always sit there. She said bad credit. Those are my people. Those are my peeps. <laughs> That's my tribe. Exactly. Bad credit. Come hang out in my Facebook group. Yeah, I'm not going to sit there and, and bad mouth you because you got 497. There on, you go. Oh, come on. We can get that up. Let's work yeah. together. Exactly. So, That's um, good. <laughs> so we, I just started doing that and then things just kept growing and growing to the point that I was like, exhausted really with more work than I could handle. So I started looking around I was at an event and I ran into this guy and he said, um, he was, he was a guy that I'd actually run into at a, at another event before. So we started hanging out and he was like, I'll tell you my secret, but don't tell anybody else. I was like, what's your secret? And he goes, I outsourced to the Philippines. Right. So I was like, tell me more. And he, he hooked me up with a guy named Danny Sullivan who owns agents of value. And it's still a, a good place to get some um, some agents. If you want one, let me know. I can get you a discount. <laughs> and, let, me, let me write that down. Um, <laughs> agents. <laughs> yeah, they've gone through a lot, you know, And but I started off with them and um, I probably had agents with them for like two, three years. And during that time, of course, I can't tell, I can't keep a secret, right? So everybody was like, hey, what you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm outsourcing, so I'm just going to come over here and, you know, my, my business is over there running itself and stuff. So, yeah, so I told everybody. And um, then I started to build my team outside of um, Ages of Value and hiring, um, like, freelancers that mm-hmm. were in the Philippines and managing them. And so I grew my team to, I think it was like 12, 13 people. Oh, wow. And um, during that time, I was learning affiliate marketing. And that's how I met Russell, was that I was at an event that he was doing for Mike Phil Same. And it was like one of his first events. And he was there with his dad. And I thought, he is just the most adorable thing I've ever seen, right? <laughs> and uh, so... I bought his product and I was, it was the first um, version of um, uh, ClickFunnels? No, not ClickFunnels. It was before. It was when he was running .com Secret. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And so I bought into his affiliate marketing thing and I, I had a really good business doing business loans 
but then I tripled my income with affiliate what? marketing, right? So the next time I saw him, I was like, hey, Russell! <laughs> How you doing? Yes, I was like, God bless you! <laughs> <laughs> and we just started um, a friendship from there. And um, so when he was doing a lot of his we do it for you stuff, he would use my team to do, uh, we did some of it for him. I mean, like he had a lot of people doing this because he had so many products, but we were doing something that was with Drupal at the time. (laughs) And my, my team was putting that together for people and it was a whole thing. And um, then Fabian had invited me out to the Philippines to um, teach more, teach marketers there, you know, uh, how to use outsourcing to increase their affiliate income, you know? Mm. So I did a couple of classes in Singapore, a couple of classes in Malaysia and went back and forth doing that, you know, and just training all of these, these really great marketers, you know, and, and it was a lot of fun doing that. And at the same time, even though I was doing all this because I was outsourcing, my team was still processing loans. Wow. Yeah. I was over there in Singapore. So you were chilling in Malaysia and Singapore while your team was doing the, the real work back here or wherever they were. I was making, I was doing the real work. I was thinking up the idea. Right, 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 right. That's, that's right. Intellectual property is very valuable. Absolutely. Yep. yep. And anytime there was like a real sticky person with their credit, you know, I can like guide them through, you know, and say, hey, you know, this is what we need to do. Or, you know, I'll personally pick up the phone and talk to the to the bank because I, you know, some of them I've been now working relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I know that this one's a little hairy. (laughs) But here's why. Yeah. And I would lay out why I thought that this person would still be a good credit risk. So it was um it was just those two things just kept me going. And um Maybe it was almost uh, eight years ago, I got really sick. I was in the hospital for a little bit over a week mm. and I needed to have blood transfusions. I was, mm. I was just out of it. You know, I, I was just really out of it. And um, some of my friends, in fact, Danny over at Ages of Value was like, I thought you were dying. <laughs> he goes, oh. when he called to check on me, he goes, you didn't make any sense. <laughs> oh. But I was like, I was in and out for basically about a month, you know, before I was really able to get myself back together. And then I was like, oh, let me see what has happened to my business. Right. Has chaos ensued? Nothing. It worked <laughs> out. You, everybody was on autopilot, right? Yeah. Awesome. I was like, I was like oh man, I'm not needed. <laughs> <laughs> you had created a monster that had taken life. Yep. My, well, my project manager is very well trained. She's uh, still with me. She's been with me now for almost 14 years. Oh, okay. And, you know, she's just, everybody just kept on kept keeping on. You That's know? awesome. That's, you know, we aspire to that, you know, to that level um, where you can wake up and know that things can be handled without you having to have your hand touching every single aspect of your business. And that leads me to my first question, because when you've been in business for a minute and you are um, like, there is this point, Liz, I found, and I know you'll be familiar with it too, where it's like, you don't really have enough money to pay the people, but you have just enough work where your bandwidth is being extremely stretched and you're kind of tinkering on 
do I need to, is this when I get the loan to kind of expand or do I need to, what, how do I know? So how do you know when it's time to start soliciting funding for your business? Well, I, I tell people this, um, and this is why we started doing a lot of business credit um, seminars workshops. and workshops, right? Because you need to dig your well before you're thirsty, right? Oh, dig your well before you're thirsty. Yes. Yes. Because every time I run into a business, last year, I ran into this lady and she had the opportunity of a lifetime. She had a national restaurant chain in, interested in carrying one of her products and two huge big box outlets wanting to carry her um, some of her desserts. And she needed $10,000, right? But unfortunately, earlier that year, she had done something that all entrepreneurs do. She had had a big order from a, um, a company out in Canada and they defaulted on her. And she had used all her credit to do that, oh. to, to do the whole thing. So all of a sudden she didn't have, she had terrible credit, you know, with a lot of outstanding because she had put the products, the material to make the products onto her credit and couldn't pay it. Then she didn't have any new business coming in right? She had so been so focused on them. So for lack of $10,000, she had to pass on, mm. you, know, you know, and if she had come to me just six months ahead of time, and we had started building her business credit, she would have had unsecured lines of credit to do this with no problem. So I tell people, don't wait to that point where you are like desperately looking. Right. Get it in place beforehand because it's not like you're paying on it when, when you're not using it, right? So the idea is to, the idea is to, if you know you have the desire to grow and you have these aspirations, then it's important for you to sort of have that mapped out so you know, okay, so like, for instance, like 2020 is coming up and if you know in 2020 your goal for that year is to do so much or to sell so much or whatever, but you also know that um, you're going to need money to do that, then let's say you would come to you now and say, okay, second, you know, third, fourth quarter, these are my goals. Can you help me start getting myself prepared for third, fourth quarter? Yep. So, so yeah, okay, all right, yeah. Absolutely. That makes sense. And so yeah. that to me, you know, the whole idea of this podcast is personal branding and personal style. And for me, my definition of personal branding is really um, uh, leveraging who you are as a person across platforms and with images and messaging and things of that nature. And so when we're talking about personal branding, it's important for you to know yourself what, what those circumstances are that are going to help you reach those goals so that you can plan for that first, then you'll be able to go to someone like you and say, okay, I know myself, I know it's going to take me until fourth quarter or third quarter to get this done. So, um, you know, tell me what I need to be doing right now so that I can prepare for that time. Exactly. You can't exactly. not know where you're trying to go or what you're trying to do. Yeah, because I tell anybody that like um, we get a lot of startups and I'm like, as soon as you open your doors, why aren't you starting to build your business credit? You know, if you have good personal credit, you'll find that it's a lot easier to build your business credit. Mm -hmm. But if you have anything below a 680, 
then you're going to find that they're always going to want personal guarantees mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be a little bit difficult. And I mean, like, why not build up your business credit so that you give your business that line of credit of $25,000? What could your business do with that $25,000? Absolutely. 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 So should it be, do you think then it, that like, if you start a business, is this something that you should, it should just be standard practice to like, just like really seek out, first of all, like, before you can really know what you need to do, you've got to start seeking out the people that can help you first of all, right? So it should just be standard operating practice. Would you yep. say like you open your doors, okay, you know eventually you're probably going to lead a, lead a line of credit. So the day you open, just like just start. you get your EIN, you get your, you get your doing business ads, you do all that. Okay, now let's find somebody that can help us build our business credit. Exactly, because even though you don't need it today, you may not even need it next uh, year. You might need it the next year. You're just building it and getting it stronger. There's some people that sit there and uh, they they focus on building their business credit and they just, they they almost become addicted to it. You know, it's like mm -hmm. they build up enough credit so that they've got $250,000 of credit that they could con use at any time. It's like, I'm like, well, what are you going to do with all that? But more power to you. Just keep doing it, you know? Right. Well, the obvious question then that, I mean, I'm, you know, I think it's an obvious question anyway, is what does it mean to build your business credit? Like, let's define that because I think that needs to be cleared up because we're talking about, you need to do it immediately. You need to start, you need to find somebody, you know, this yep. to be standard operating practice. So explain to us what it means to build your business credit. Building business credit means that you're using your EIN. You have to be either an LLC or some sort of corporation. It's not really, I mean, you could, you can't really do it with, as a sole proprietor. Mm -hmm. So you're using your EIN to build credit in the business name so that um, it doesn't affect your personal credit. So like, let's say that you're running your business now and you're using your personal credits, you're, you're running up your credit utilization with your Facebook ads and things like that. Instead of doing that and lowering your score, let your business take care of that let it be in your business name. And then a lot of my clients come to me, they have bad credit now because they've had a failed business mm -hmm. and they had to give personal guarantees. But if they had built their business credit properly in that first business and not given personal guarantees, yeah, that business would have gone under, but it would not have affected their business credit Person, or their yeah, personal okay. credit at all. So then, um, that me, takes me that takes me to another question that's not on the paper <laughs> because <laughs> we talk about you know this has been a this has been a question that I've had for myself right because when I first started business years and years ago um the thought was you 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 start out as a sole proprietor because you're not making any money and so it doesn't make sense for you to go the LLC route until you start making something making money that can actually you know, like that could be taken or, you know, problems could be caused. So now what I'm hearing, what I'm, what I, what I have come to understand is if you're going to be in business and you're really serious about it, getting an LLC or something in along those lines is really just the decision to make. It doesn't really matter if you are, you know, not making hundreds of thousands of dollars or tens exactly. of thousands of dollars starting out because what you're saying is, that should be like this whole idea of building your business credit should be at the beginning of your business. 
Yeah, when you should be part of the foundation. Yes. I, I, it's not as popular as it used to be. I don't know why, but I always encourage my clients to write a business plan. And as they are writing that business plan, they're looking at that financial sheet and, and knowing what they want to do. I'm like, do you want all of that on your personal credit? And can your personal credit Handle support it. that? Most of my clients can't, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. they're not, they're not, you know, we're celebrating once they hit 600, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so it, to me, it's like incorporate, start building your business credit as soon as possible so that you don't have to have those personal guarantees. But at the same time, you should be fixing your personal credit. I, a lot of the things, um, I think that go wrong in this space is that there's people out there that just say are like, no, you don't need to have personal credit at all. It doesn't matter what your personal credit is. Business credit is, I like to say is a lake. It's like a lake, but business financing is an ocean. Mm. So if you want to just swim in that little lake, okay, only focus on your business credit. But if you want to swim in the ocean, well, you shouldn't, if you want access to a lot of, you know, I get then, it. I get it. Yeah. You know, then yes, you should work on your personal credit along with it. So I'm not saying hide behind your business credit. You know, I'm just saying that like you need to be building it so that you have it. Well, it seems that, I mean, okay. So I'm speaking from personal experience. So if you are not, if you're not working on your business credit in IE, if you don't have your LLC or some formal um, formal element to your business, right? Mm-hmm. And you are trying to do business on your personal credit cards or with your personal bank account or whatever, then you run the risk of, of really ruining your personal credit because you're trying to pay for your Facebook ads on your credit card and then you get behind on the credit card bill because you're not making, you didn't get the, the ad didn't go the way it was supposed to go. So you're ruining your personal credit, which makes it dip, even more difficult. If what you're saying, like what you're saying is true, you're making it even more difficult for yourself when you do finally decide to start building your business credit, because now, like you said, you're having to do all these personal guarantees and things like that because you've sort of messed up from the beginning. Is that exactly. right? Exactly. Exactly. That's I get a lot of clients that used to have good credit and then they ran a business and then that business failed. And now their credit is in the tank because they used their personal, personal. To, to build. Girl, this is good stuff because can you I mean, do you know how many people do this? I mean, I am guilty of this, like having my credit card. I love this conversation because I'm gonna go home and like start doing some stuff. I I yeah, girl, it's about to be on and popping in 2020. <laughs> but the this is this is a big deal. I work with uh, uh, one of my good girlfriends has a a nonprofit. It's called Women Entrepreneur and Resource Education. She's the WER uh, community. It's her how she tags it, and she works with women entrepreneurs who are starting a business. You know, very small businesses. Some of them are MLMs. You know, but those can be. I know a lot of people that make good money doing MLM. So I'm not, so not in MLM. Yeah. So but you know, they're not like standalone businesses. Some of them are, are, are MLMs, but they're starting, right? And they are trying to figure this entrepreneur game out. And it would be good for them to know this because I know a lot of them are just like trying to pay for it on their own and they're trying to like just trying to fund it with, you know, whatever money they made from their job, you know, because they're yeah. doing the side hustle thing or whatever the case may be. And 
just from the standpoint of what I know to be true, it causes so much stress on you because you, it's like a catch 22. Your business can't grow if you can't fund it the way you really feel like it needs to be funded. But then you feel less than because you see people moving ahead of you, but maybe those people have formed the LLC and they are building their business credit. And so now they can go um, get the, get the money to fund the campaign to go that much further along. And so then you feel bad about yourself and then you give up because, you know, things aren't working out. You're not making the money you thought you were going to make or whatever the case may be. But this, what you're saying needs to be heard by the masses because nobody it's one of those things that nobody's hearing. Like, you you don't hear this just when you go to pay for your DBA at the county clerk's office. You don't get this information. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, I, I'm going to have to have you um, do a webinar or something with Stephanie's group because I just am amazed. This is really good information for someone who is aspiring or starting or growing or God forbid is seasoned and has been trying to fund like maybe they're doing a great job with their business, but they're stressed from, you know, ulcers and everything because they've leveraged their personal income and personal life with their business and they're scared to death. So people need to hear this. This is great information, Liz. Fantastical. <laughs> Thank you. Very yeah, I, I really felt like that because um one of my business partners, Darren, he's he said to me, Every year you say the same thing that you're going to start helping business credit, business owners with their business credit. And I, I help people here and there and there, but I never really reached out to the masses and sat down and did it. So um, after that particular lady, um, after we were unable for $10,000, this would have been mm. a life changing event for her. And um, her family was unwilling to help her. And it was just one of those things that it's like, if she had done this before, she wouldn't be in this position right now. And she wouldn't even have bad credit. She used to have 700 credit scores. So she was Mm. like, she was like, I can't understand why my bank doesn't. And I was like, yeah, your bank loved you when you were in the 700s, but now they they have no love for you. you Right, right. And so there was just nothing, not even cash advances, even the alternative ways of financing, like a cash advance, which usually is um, the last line of resort for a Mm -hmm. lot of Mm -hmm. companies, because she wasn't making that much money in her business anymore, because she had sunk all of it into that, Mm -hmm. that bad venture there. Mm -hmm. She couldn't even get that. So it was just really sad. And then right after her, I met a young guy. He also had a very nice business, was looking for 18000 but he had structured his business poorly, you know, mm-hmm. and he, um, in Texas, you can use your um, personal bank account to do your business account if it's an LLC. Oh. And um, so he was doing that and the banks don't like that. I mean, like none of them wanted to finance somebody. They were like, well, let him come back in three months after he opens a business bank account. So I said to him, why didn't you just open a business bank account? And he's like, oh, they want to charge him like 10 or $15 a month for that business bank account. And I was like, so for that, you didn't want to pay that 10, $15. So you went with the personal bank account and now none of the banks want to finance. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, oh my I mean, goodness. Like, for the type of financing he was looking for because of his credit and um, his decisions. Yeah. Um, that brings me to another question because um, 
this like this whole idea of financing or finding funding for your business, um, you know, finding investors for your business and venture capitalists and all those terms that we hear. Um, when it comes to female entrepreneurs, um, I have, you know, I have these statistics here. I was doing a little research because, you know, I try to know what I'm talking about when I sit down <laughs> with my guests. And I did a little research and it says that in June of 2018, SCORE put out statistics saying that women are slightly more likely than men to start a business first. And then 50% of women expect their revenue to increase in 2018. And then 13% of women have been in business for more than 20 years. So why then? Is it the case that um, having we have as women we have so much trouble securing funding and and I, and this is important because in the initial part of our conversation we were talking about you really need to structure your business in a way that you can begin to build business credit. Okay, so now if we've got that said, and then as female entrepreneurs, let's say we do that, we've done that good of a job, and we've got statistics backing us saying that we're you know. 13% of us are going to still be in business in 20 years. Why are we having so much trouble getting this funding? I think that people are going to the wrong places. Cause I mean, like whenever I have a, a female entrepreneur, you know, I, I do a lot of truck financing. So I have a lot of female truck drivers you know? ah. and um, we have no problem with getting them financing. But I think that sometimes um, entrepreneurs are, are stuck on SBA. They are in love with SBA. They only want SBA, but some of them are not SBA, um, mm -hmm. you know, or like they're looking at SBA and going, I have more than a 620 credit score. So I think I should be able to get an, S an SBA loan. But the banks, while that is the minimum for an SBA guarantee, um, they don't understand that the SBA is it's a guarantee. It's not them actually doing the loan. You go to an SBA preferred bank and get it done. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, the SBA basically says they're going to give a 70% guarantee that the, that on that money. So 70% of that money is guaranteed to go back to the bank. If you default, that's why the bank usually wants 30% down. Mm -hmm. Now the bank is 100% covered. And that's why they usually want your house and everything else. But the bank is still looking at you going 620. And there's probably competition involved too. So it's other people who want money. And if they're looking at all these different loans and most people's you know, credit score is higher than the 620, then you your little application gets looked at last. Yeah, you kind of like, they're kind of like, it's not so much as that they're going to run out of money or anything like right, that. Right, but it's more just, like just, they don't want it. <laughs> right, I just, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like in terms of like, okay, so, you know, for me, if I'm looking at something, okay, okay, who are the top candidates for this, like that I can look at today? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just saying like your 620 might be put back for like, you know, we'll look at it. We'll think about it. We'll yep. consider it. Whereas someone who's like in the 700s, like, oh, okay, well, let's just kind of like dig a little bit deeper and make sure that we can get them this service. Exactly. And then also you have to be talking to the right SBA bank. Like there's a few SBA banks. They kind of like, we call them the bad credit SBA banks because they look at 620 all day and those, they're like ready to go with these people, you know? But if you've reached, walked into like a, a B of A and you're looking for them to do your SBA bank and they're like 620, you know? You're getting the bums rush right out there. <laughs> Thank you for coming in, however. <laughs> exactly, you know? But, you know, um, they're not supposed to turn you down because of the 620, but they'll find a way. They're, they don't want to be bothered with that. That's you know? crazy. So, how then is 
um, finding capital different for minority women in business. And I have to say that, so I have a girlfriend who is, and, and I think I, there's another person that from the group that did a podcast with me from the Black Women Promote, and she does financing. And not financing, but like uh, money, like investing in money and stuff like that. So I have a girlfriend who is, um, she has a, a magazine called Weconomist, W-E-K, Onomist. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, she is really big on um, if you are a person of color who wants to do investing or banking overseas. And I think that between the three of you guys, when it comes to like you doing loans and business credit and her doing like whether you want to do business or just invest overseas. And then the other lady just talking about traditional banking and things like that. That's going to make for a great conversation. in I cannot wait. I'm going to have you guys all three on at some point. But for now, I was having a conversation with her because I have another girlfriend who has an app that she is um, creating it. And it's from scratch. It's not that like point and click type app. It's like she's coding it and everything. So she's had to get investors. And so she is an African-American female in the tech industry, trying to do a unique app with these investors and venture capitalists, things of that nature. And she's running the roadblocks and um, she's like, she's gone out and she's, she does her investment pitching and she does all these different things, right? And so mm -hmm. her, her thought was, it's difficult, you know, for an African-American in the tech industry, especially a female in the tech industry, it's difficult to get funding. Well, then I'm talking to my girlfriend who is doing this international banking and investing and stuff overseas with economists and what she's trying to do. And her comment to that was like you, well, it really depends on where you are mm -hmm. because she said you can go to Atlanta. She was like, they're giving money away like crazy in Atlanta. And there are a lot of black tech mm -hmm. business people in the Atlanta area. So what do you say to that? Like when it comes to being a minority female in business, what is the deal with that and financing and business credit and all of that? Like, how does that play into the traditional? I think that sometimes, um, to me, I, I, I look at it as just that every, whether you're black or female or whatever, you, sometimes you're barking up the wrong tree. You're going after mm. financing at the wrong place, you know? And so you need to know your lent the lender, you know, you have to go for a lender that has a taste for you. Just like I, there's like a couple of SBA banks that all of my good credit clients go to. I have SBA banks that my bad credit clients go to. I have banks that, um, you know, want real estate and then they don't care what's going on, you know? And with something like that, I don't do venture or equity financing. I always do just debt financing. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at, um, uh, what you bring to the table is your business making money. Um, in fact, what when, what I was going to offer your clients was a 20 minute um, conversation on how where they are in business and what they should be doing and stuff. And that's something like what I would I would go over in that that mm -hmm. uh, in, in when I'm talking with them in that conversation is just like where where are you right now? What are you doing? Um, what is the end goal? Mm -hmm. so, and then I'll say, okay, you want this, but you're talking SBA, but you're not an SBA type. Now, okay. there's different ways that you can reach what you want. Instead of like, I've had some people that have said, yeah, I've been to like nine different SBA banks and they keep declining me. Yes, because you're not SBA quality. You know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now it's time to do something different to get you what you need. 
And these are the steps you need to take. And this is where you are right now. Atlanta was a good tip because I have some friends in Atlanta that, um, yeah, there is a lot of VC money out there. And I think that, um, especially for a black company, I have a friend doing the same exact thing. And she's been able to raise not just VC money, but some grant money out there. Mm. And we're actually using um, one of our agents in the Philippines to write the app for her, you know. So instead of her paying something like, I think she'd been quoted like $32,000. Yes, I know. It's expensive. Yes. She's going to get it for like eight. Wow. Yeah. I can't so. wait to talk to you about that. That's going to be another <laughs> podcast. We'll do another podcast on how to do that. Like how to, so how to get assistance. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to do that. How to go overseas. We're going to do that. One. So do you believe funding and other issues minorities face as entrepreneurs is a result of so you just kind of answer that. So it's not like a systematic thing. Like there's no. I think that sometimes people are like, they listen to one person and then they're like stuck on that one groove or they seem to think that there's just one way, you know, and my mom used to say there's many roads to Rome. Mm-hmm. And so if you're just going up that one road, then yeah. It will gonna... feel like there's a systematic, like they're, they're, the man is against you type thing if, yeah. if you're only going down that one road. But you got to kind of look outside the box and think. Yes. Okay. Yes. See, that's good to know. All right. So this is a question. I sort of laid it out there for some people. I was like, okay, so what can I ask Liz on the show? What do you want to know? What do you want to know? And one of the questions was, what financial documents are needed for specific funding sources? So like if you're going to a SB, SBA bank or if you're, um doing like how what all do we need to have first of all a i think the first thing you're going to say is we should probably go ahead and do some sort of formalized thing for our business right so we need to start building the business the business credit Mm -hmm. well no first i would say the first thing you need to do is have a business plan in mind and i don't know when i was first starting everybody was doing business plans but now it's like when i'm talking to some of these younger people you know they're like no, I didn't build a business plan or I jotted something down in a notebook, you know, and I'm like, no, if you really sit there and um, uh, I was part of a group called Accelerator. It's part of EO, which is an entrepreneur's organization. And they taught us that your business plan is a living document that should be, um, you should look at it if you're not looking at it monthly, at least quarterly, and it should have all your goals written into it, right? So if you're not hitting those goals, at least you know, you could try and pinpoint why. Did you overestimate? Like when I used to get a lot of business plans in, some of those financial estimates estimates of what their business could do, I was like, damn, you'll be a millionaire within <laughs> six months of opening your door. <laughs> you know, It has to be realistic, you know? So when you're sitting there and you write it out, you also get a lot of clarity when you have it written out and you can revisit it. I mean, like even write out, if you're going to be having to hire somebody, you write out everything that they're going to have to do and see if that is something that um, the next month, were they able to complete all of those things? Did they have extra time on their hands so that you could do more? You know, that way you could budget in more more or less for your, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. your payroll. And so your business plan to me is... Um, really important. I know it's not a popular thing anymore and people don't like to write them anymore, but I think that if if you are starting a business, you really should have a business plan. And then once you have that business plan, your financial um, 
projections in place, then you start incorporating, build your business credit and things like that. And, um, and then once you've now gotten your plan all put together, you can start thinking about what you need to, how you want to finance it, right? Do you have a lot of equipment that needs to be done? Do you have to purchase some real estate? You know, is that part of your, your whole thing or are you going to lease it or, or what are, what are you going to do? And so like the base thing that most lenders want these days is an application and three months bank statements, which um, as a startup, it could be three months of your personal bank statements or it could be three months of your business statements if you have it. And then sometimes like with my really poor credit people, I'm like, let's show them that you've got other income streams coming in. So just show me everything. Bring me every three months, you know, because <laughs> we're going to have to overcome this mountain of bad credit, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, because money overcomes credit. <laughs> having some um, liquid cash available and stuff. So then they'll go ahead and they might ask for a security deposit or whatever, but at least you have an idea of where you need to go. Cause like the documentation for SBA, is, there's a lot of documentation needed. You need to have several years tax returns. You gotta oh, have wow. your, um, they prefer real estate back to people. But of course, when I'm doing SBA loans, I'm looking at, uh, uh, our minimum is $300,000. So, you know, some of the smaller ones, I'm not 100% sure what they need for these mm-hmm. smaller mm-hmm. ones, you know, but in, at my level, they want tax returns. They want a business plan. You know, they really, um, there's no saying. Um, that makes sense though, when they want a business plan, because they need, you need to show, even for the smallest amount of money, you should be able to show sort of that you've thought this business out. And yeah. that you have a plan to be successful, not yeah. that you just opened a shingle and you're like, hey guys, come buy my stuff. Like praying exactly. that they show up. Exactly. And that's what I find is a big problem is that a lot of these younger people don't, they don't look at it that way. And um, they are, they're starting their business off without the the main structure, you know, cause sometimes when you're writing that thing out and you're, you're writing out your projections, sometimes even to yourself, you go, Oh, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do that, you know, and you don't want to, you don't want your business plan to get to your, um, to your funding source and be just ridiculous. And you, and you also want to spell check, you know, <laughs> it, it, I, I get it's so sad. We have to say that out loud, but it is so true. Yeah, if there's a grammar red line, correct, like yeah, I can't trust. I, why would I give you money and you 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 have poor grammar and you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, I see, um, I see so many misspelled words, and I'm like, who? Where are you writing this? Because on word, you know, there's sort of <laughs> they have autocorrect. It's like yeah. a red line will show up if the word is not spelled right. A yeah. blue line in Google in Google Docs will show up if you use the wrong tense of the word. Or it needs, or if it needs like an apostrophe versus no apostrophe, it'll show up as a blue line that comes up under it. And if you click on it, it'll tell you what you need to do to fix it. So there really is no excuse. There is no excuse. And yet I get them all the time. And then um, I, some people are like, oh, the man's against me. The man's against you. And I'm like, no, uh -uh." that's spell checky. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was like, you set yourself up for failure with this, this business plan. You know, you're lucky I saw it before anybody else did. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Okay. So 
I really have enjoyed this conversation. How you approach things in life depends on more than the circumstances being presented to you in any given situation. In my book, Be the Brand, A New and Organic Approach to Personal Branding, and the BTB Business Journal, I'm exposing untapped ideas to developing a personal brand and how to use it to build quality marketing campaigns that take a little effort but resonate with your desired audience and increase engagement and conversions almost immediately. Use the tools I give to decrease the overwhelm, fear, and anxiety that will inevitably come your way. To get your copies, visit my website today, www.andreapatrick.com forward slash books. <laughs> All right. So thank you so much, Liz, for being on PB and Style. I really appreciate it. You have proven to us that it's very important for us to understand what it is we really want for our business and that we need to think about that long before it's time for us to go looking for the money to do it. And I really feel like you have really enforced the, the fact that, you know, you need to really understand who you are and how you are going to operate. Because if you have to start that thought process in terms of when do I need the funding like we talked about at the top of the show, and you know that I need to come and talk to someone like you at least six months prior to me trying to roll out that thing, mm -hmm. then I need to kind of get my mind wrapped around how I'm going to roll that out and like what I need to get together before I come yes. to you. And so, that's just on business credit, like on regular, like other types of financing, mm -hmm. there are other types of financing out there. So you don't need to have that big buildup. Right. But if you if you are like somebody with credit problems mm -hmm. or you're a startup, it's best to start as soon as possible. Right, right. And I believe that that's exactly why what I said. <laughs> you need to start call call Liz at least six months prior to what you're trying to do because you know your credit is not the best. So especially when you're just starting out, right? Because I mean, I just I go back to what you said earlier. Even if you're just starting out and you have fantastic credit, right? Still go ahead and formalize your business so that you can begin building your business credit. So by the time you get to the point where you need the credit, whether it's on your personal or your business, both of them are stellar and you don't yeah. have an issue. So I think that is, that's the underlying lesson, whether you, whether you're, I don't care what it is, just get your life together. That's what exactly. And what I tell people is like, you also are increasing the value of your business. Mm -hmm. If I was to sit there and buy a business from, if there's two businesses and one of them has built like 50 to $100,000 in unsecured credit that goes with the business, that's not the business owners, it's the business. Mm -hmm. And I could either buy that business or I could buy a business that has no business credit that I'll be financing and I'll have to find financing and stuff. I'm buying the one that already has its finances. Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. That's something that we didn't even talk about, but it's absolutely part of the equation that we have to consider when we are thinking about financing anything for our business or building our business credit. Thank you so much for being on the show, Liz. I really, really appreciate it. We have learned tons and tons about business credit, building it, protecting it, protecting our personal credit, documentation we need to have all the above. So um, I really hope that you guys have enjoyed this podcast. I know I have. If you have not subscribed to PB and Style, now is the time to do it, guys. It's a great podcast where I have guests on that are educating us on how not only we can create great businesses, but how we can do it being authentic and ourselves and do it with success. So make sure you give this podcast a review. All the information about Miss Liz will be down below in the show notes. Make sure you share it with somebody because we're all growing, right? And so at some point, we're going to need business credit. 
why not call Liz so she can help you with it. Thank you guys for joining and we will see you guys next week. Thank you. Don't forget to join Andrea over on our website where all the deliciousness really happens at andreapatrick.com. You can also find her on Facebook at AF Patrick Consult, Twitter at Andrea F. Patrick, LinkedIn at AF Patrick, and Instagram at AF Patrick. Thanks and we'll see you next time.